You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Three-one pitch, swing and a drive, deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight, and make it. 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. All right, welcome back to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill with you. Great to have you here. Thanks for being here in front of a pretty big weekend for Mariners baseball. It is Fan Fest weekend. If you've been to Fan Fest, you know what a great time it is, and it's going to be a fun weekend at Safeco Field Saturday and Sunday. We're going to preview Fan Fest in just a couple of minutes with Mariners broadcaster Aaron Goldsmith. He'll be at Fan Fest this weekend among players and coaches, front office, former players. It's going to be great. So we'll talk about that coming up in a couple of minutes. There is a montage I want to get to. I never played my final Ken Griffey Jr. Hall of Fame career montage. So I'm going to play that for you. We'll probably play it again during uh, his Hall of Fame weekend uh, coming up in July, but I don't want to wait that long. So I'm going to play that for you, Ken Griffey Jr.'s Hall of Fame celebration. So that comes up in a couple of minutes. Yesterday was media day in front of... Fan Fest and some pretty interesting comments. We'll talk uh, about it a little bit with Aaron Goldsmith, but we'll hear from Jerry Depoto coming up. We'll hear from the skipper Scott Service coming up, and also we'll hear from trainer Rick Griffin about some health updates. That's pretty interesting. So that's coming up as well. And finally, I'm so happy I'm bringing you the first of these. But I, I've had a few different projects. I've worked on in the off season and it's working on them. I've delved into the archives, deep into the archives, and I have found some gold and I get feedback all the time. Whenever I play a Dave Niehaus read and for you that have listened to the podcast for a while, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Dave Niehaus, just uh, reading poetry, reading stories, telling stories, just different things. And I found a whole new batch and I'm pretty excited about them. So the first one that is going to come up at the very end of the podcast is Dave Niehaus talking about his introduction to baseball. It's sensational. So this is a full podcast. Glad you're here. I can't wait. We're getting closer and closer to spring training, which just means the podcast will come up more and more often until we get to uh, the regular season. And then we're back every single weekday during the regular season. So We'll kind of ramp up as the season gets closer, which is exciting. But this will be a fun weekend, and here to talk about it, it's Aaron Goldsmith. To the six, all even at two, and for the play-by-play, here's Aaron. They're booing me, Rick. Not me. That was right on 
cue. If they knew you, they would never do <laughs> you, buddy. One-two pitch, swing and a miss. Oh, did he get tied up? That was dirty from Felix. Picks up the dirties, washes them, and brings them back fresh. And we got Aaron Goldsmith here. Hair just glistening in the sunlight, so it's pretty distracting. I'm a happily married man with a child on the way, and I love Katy Perry. Um, that is that is me in a nutshell, and I talk about the Mariners on the radio every night. So kind of let it eat. Oh, breaking news: the bees are still there. You look up above the mound, and it looks like you're staring up to the mothership, like you could be beamed up at any moment. That white roof with all the circles and the scaffolding. Way out of here to right field. Thank you very much. All right, now we get a chance to sit down with popular Mariners broadcaster Aaron Goldsmith. It's been a long time since you have been on the podcast. Welcome back. It's great to have you back. Gee, man, it's like putting my feet into that cozy pair of slippers. It's fantastic <laughs> to be back on the podcast. <laughs> Am I the slippers or is the podcast the slippers? <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the theme song, the intro music, ah, is, yes. that's, that's the slippers. Yeah, yeah I know. Obviously. I, I keep thinking I'll update it, but it's so hard because it's just so good. Well, it's dynamic, Gary, just like <laughs> yourself and the podcast overall, I would say. Right. So this is going to be the first of, I, I think, our, uh, a few visits that we'll have together before the start of the regular season. And it's a big day. It's a big weekend for the Mariners. So I want to talk about that a little bit. But you were over at Safeco Field today, and I know you saw quite a bit. Very interesting day. What did you see and what interested you today at Safeco Field? Or I guess yesterday, yesterday at Safeco. Yeah, no, G-Man, it was uh, it was fascinating. And I know you would have been there if you could have uh, because it was just, uh, man, there's so many things that were, that were covered uh, at this kind of spring media day at Safeco Field that, you know, normally it's, I don't want to say you don't learn much because you always learn something. But obviously this season, uh, there's so many new people. There are new philosophies in the organization uh, from the top down. And so you really, man, everybody in that room, I think, was just pounding away on the keyboard or with the pen and paper trying to take notes. I would say probably one of the most interesting people who talked, and in fact, we're going to have a chance, uh, it'll be Shannon and uh, Val and myself on the Hot Stove Show uh, coming up on Tuesday. Uh, we'll have a chance to, from 7 to 9, for those listening in Seattle on 710 ESPN, we're going to have a chance to talk with Andy McKay, who mm -hmm. takes over for Chris Gwynn as the, uh, the Mariners Director of Player Development, basically the guy who oversees the Mariners farm system. And, man, he what an interesting guy. Uh, he talked about kind of like four pillars of the minor leagues, a minor league player in the Mariners organization going forward. Uh, and a lot of it built around character that's something that they really feel like they can coach they feel like they can they obviously want to find players of character but they think that they can coach character mm. uh, which is something i'm going to be interested in, in kind of learning more about from andy tuesday night uh, but andy's got this really deep uh background in kind of the mental side mental coaching mental skills which i know can be kind of ambiguous uh, but he's first and foremost he's a coach and he's got this type of experience of the same thing in colorado and, uh, man, he, he really uh, was impressive and an interesting guy. But McKay talked, Jeff Kingston talked. I'm glad he's still with the organization, um, working as the assistant GM. And I thought 
And, Jimmy, and I think you'll find this interesting. The, to me, the, the best quote of the day, interested in your thoughts on this, came from Kingston. He referenced last season, he said, where he thought that the Mariners failed the most as an organization last year was with consistent communication. He specifically referenced Zanino and also Chris Taylor. Uh, and obviously, uh, Gary, you know as well as I do, it seems like every time we hear uh, Jerry talk, the word communication always kind of comes up. And we heard that again today or yesterday at this point with um, Andy McKay and, and Scott Service as well. I mean, you can tell that this, the communication is like the, you're going to put something on a billboard for the Mariners this year. That's, that seems like it's, that's, what, that's, the, that's the word. I mean, that's the buzzword for the Mariners. Yeah, and for good reason, I think, because especially seemingly these days in baseball, that is more and more important to not only get, you know, the coaching staff on the same page with the front office, but also the entire minor league organization. It's just so important these days to get everyone on the same page and and in as many aspects as you can. And clearly that is going to be a big emphasis for this team moving forward. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up with this in terms of media day. To me, the most, most interesting concept that was talked about uh, was from Andy McKay, and he talked about how they plan on implementing a player plan for every player in the minor league system from Everett all the way up to Tacoma. And so you've got 25 guys on a team. You've got 25 player plans. And so the way it works out is that one player every day is meeting with the manager or it sounded like maybe a pitching coach if you're a pitcher, maybe a, a hitting coach if you're a hitter, if maybe the manager's tied up. But in any event, you're meeting with either the manager or one of the position coaches uh, once a month, once every 25 days, a player a day, to kind of look at what your plan is and where you are in that plan and assessing it uh, so that, I mean, you're, you're having that type of follow-up and maintenance to your career and how you are doing individually um, basically once a month. And that way, when Andy McKay shows up in Clinton, for example, or Tacoma or Jackson, and he's going to put on a uniform and he's going to be in the dugout as he, his hands, he wants to be very hands-on, he said, uh, he can go into the Mariners' internal database and pull up uh, Clinton's uh, all 25 player pages for Clinton and see – what Gary's doing, what Aaron's doing, uh, what they need to do better at, what they've succeeded at. Uh, I mean, it's it goes back to the communication, and uh, it sounds like not, not a single player is going to be left in the dark with what is expected of them and where they are in meeting those expectations every step of the way. Well, mine was pretty easy. I've succeeded at nothing, and I needed to prove it. Right. <laughs> so mine's, mine's pretty well, simple. But now the concept's fantastic, and I'm, I'm, I'm very anxious to see how this plays out uh, organization-wide and see how it's implemented. And I know it's going to be a ton of work when you try to, I guess, overhaul an organizational philosophy, really, is what they're doing, which is pretty amazing. I'm excited to see the transition and see how it plays out. Yeah, it's a lot to overhaul an organization, both from a, uh, from a, oh gosh, a mental standpoint, for lack of a better phrase, but also from a personnel standpoint. Jerry's been incredible with what he's been able to wheel and deal um, when you think about the limitations that he's had uh, this offseason. And so I think Jerry's very happy with what this winter has yielded for him, and I think we would all agree. I, everybody's got a guy that they wish the Mariners didn't trade. I mean, every fan feels that way. It could be multiple players. But I think overall you have to be happy 
the the blueprint that Jerry put out there during his introductory press conference, he has lived up to it. I mean, he has yeah. made steps in those directions. And the blueprint, I think we both agree, Gary, is, was a very sound one and one that you kind of went, well, yeah. Like, why hasn't why hasn't this happened before? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's just that difficult. Who knows? Uh, but it's been a great winter for Jerry and his crew, and I think we're all excited to get to Arizona and uh, then hopefully get to April, everybody healthy, and see how it all plays out. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you more about the plan as well, especially from the player side and how and all the changes, roster changes, everything like that. That will be a conversation for another day. But I want to talk a little bit about FanFest since it's this weekend, and you're going to be there. You're the headliner, right, of FanFest? Uh, I think I'm like second. I'm right below the fold, I think is how it works out. <laughs> Now, if people, if you've not been to FanFest, it is, you got to go. It's fantastic. I mean, around the bases, clubhouse tours, players are going to be there. Uh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's a great time. Well, first of all, it's fun to be at the ballpark again. Yes. First, let's start with that. Yes. That it's is just, such it's a just great, great ball. Yeah, it's just great to be at the ballpark again. I'll tell you, I was out there, of course, for media day, and I went out into the field, and Bob Christopherson, the head groundskeeper, uh, we hear his voice on radio commercials all the time during the season. Uh, Bob was working hard, man. I mean, he's not—he's not just a pitch man. Uh, he was out there uh, working awfully hard in the, the field. Oh, it just looks gorgeous. It is as green as can be. It would be the envy of any neighborhood uh, in all the Northwest. Uh, so the, the field's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great to see that again. The ballpark is yours. I mean, the ballpark is yours to explore mm. for the day. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, 11 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon. Tickets are 10 bucks, or they're free for kids 14 and under. So, obviously, it's just a terrific uh, family outing. We'll have dugout dialogues going on all day long. We'll have the hot stove broadcast live on Tuesday. Or, pardon me, Tuesday. Uh, that's when it normally is. A special hot stove show on uh, on Saturday uh, from the concourse. to so stop by and say hello to Rick, Shannon, and, and Kevin and myself. Uh, but then they got the, I think they got the zip line back again. Yes. They've got autograph sessions. Uh, you can you can get down on the field a little bit and uh, a lot of great headliners, including Kyle Seeger, uh, who I, I think uh, I don't know what you, oh, you're interested in your take, G man. I think Seeger's the most popular Mariner outside of Felix. Uh, I see more Seeger jerseys I think than maybe anybody else, and for good reason. So uh, Seegers is going to be there. Uh, Taiwan, mm -hmm. uh, James Paxton will be there. Charlie Furbush. Uh, Chris Iannetta will be there. And Steve Cichak, Mariner's new closer. I had a chance to spend some time with him on the caravan a couple of days ago. Uh, Steve's a very nice guy. He'll be there as well. So good chance to – and those are just a few of the, of the players, uh, plenty more. So it's a, a good chance to get out and, and meet some of the guys. Yeah, maybe you can get a Charlie Furbush uh, bullpen banter greeting if, uh, if you're lucky. You know what You know what bullpen banter has done for Charlie besides uh -huh. worldwide fame? <laughs> right. This is what it's done. Charlie has – got him to the point in his career where he is his own uh how do i phrase this he is the only player a part of a session for dugout dialogue it's not like charlie and chris ionetta nice. or charlie and james back it's like charlie and then like me and rick so i mean that's how big of a deal charlie's become uh, so good for him he deserves it yeah there's uh, gonna be some legends there as well jay Buhner, julio cruz dave valley dan wilson it's gonna be fun Good, oh, good time. That's going to be great. I'm glad you mentioned those guys. Always fun to have those guys around, too. Yeah, so Fan Fest this weekend, 11 to 4, both days. Again, tickets $10. Kids 14 and under are free, and kids have the greatest time in the world. So I couldn't recommend it any higher. So 
I know this is a little bit shorter than our usual conversations that end up going kind of on and on and on. <laughs> but we got to keep this one short. Before you go, though, anything uh, anything you want to mention? Boy, I'll tell you what. I was excited for the Mariners season. Yes. Of course, like all of us. Uh-huh. But after media day, after media day, G-Man, I got particularly excited. Nice. Uh, I'm, I'm really I think we're all kind of interested to see what service is going to be like. I think mm-hmm. Scott is interested to see what he's going to be like. Sure. <laughs> I mean, why, why wouldn't he? First year manager, first time ever. Uh, but I think, I'm, I think the Mariners are in really good hands with Terry Depoto. Um, you know, it's one winter does not a uh, a career make for a guy like Jerry, and he would be the first to tell you that. But man, I don't think you could ask for anything else. Uh, from a general manager, whether he's been here for 10 years or been here for 10 months, from what we've seen from Jerry. Uh, we referenced it earlier. The overhaul has been incredible. There's going to be a lot of competition for various spots, including the rotation, lefty in the bullpen, uh, platoon at first base. Stefan Romero is a name that's been mentioned as a guy who could get some time at first base as an option to platoon with Lind. So uh, I'm absolutely thrilled for spring training to start up, as I know you are as well, and everybody listening. So uh, a lot of good vibes going around Safeco Field, which was uh, nice to be a part of, given how last year ended. It was uh, nice to see a, a lot of upbeat people and a lot of optimism for good reason. Yeah, I can't wait. Back at the ballpark this weekend. And boy, next time you're on, I can't wait to uh, – you kind of teased us there. I can't wait to get into some of the on the field a little bit more because I think you're right. There's some very interesting questions heading into spring training. I can't wait to uh, talk about it. It's, it's kind of right around the corner. So good stuff. Thanks for coming on. Always good talking with you, G-Man. Okay, hope to see you out at FanFest this weekend. It's great to visit with Aaron. Kind of shorter than we normally visit, but uh, they'll get longer. Conversations coming up uh, in the next few weeks, spring training and beyond. So right now, I, I can't wait. i got to play the montage now, and then we'll get to media day yesterday. So here is my final rendition of Ken Griffey Jr., in his Hall of Fame career. The final version, here it is. Ken Griffey Jr., welcome to the Hall of Fame. You know he's gotta be nervous. The wind and the 0-1 pitch, swung on and a fly ball into deep left center field. Back she goes, and it's off the base of the wall, 375 from home plate. Griffey on it, second with a one-out double. Welcome to the big leagues, Ken Griffey Jr. Seattle, this kid's for real. I saw him. As a 17-year-old kid, he came up as a 19-year-old kid. Swung on and belted. Deep to left field. Headed to the track. The wall. Fly away. Welcome to Seattle, Ken Griffey Jr. My, oh, my. You know, just electrified everybody. Swing and a fly ball hit deep into right center field. And Jr. going back out, way back to the track. The wall and makes the catch. Splatters into the wall. Run like a deer, play defense, crashed into walls. Swung on and a fly ball hit deep into the gap in right center field. The kid on his horse, back to the warning track. The wall makes the leap and makes an unbelievable catch. My, oh my, he is down at the 380 marker. And it's one of the most incredible catches you will ever want to see. Hit home runs. Here's the pitch, swinging a drive deep to right center field. Here comes the 3-0 pitch to Junior. He swings and a high fly ball belted. Green to the track, the wall. Number 56, fly, fly away. Just played with complete abandon. And uh, 
you could see the joy of playing the game in his eyes. There goes Joey. The pass swung on that Melton. Deep to right field. The Mariners have done it. Fly away. Junior with a two-run home run. The Mariners win it. Nine to seven. My, oh, my. Greatest player I've ever seen. Period, exclamation point, end of conversation. Father and son taking the field for the first time. Ken Griffey Sr. trotting out to left field. Ken Griffey Jr. trotting out to center field. And again, the 0-2 pinch to Griffey. Swinging a high fly ball. Deep into left center field. Wide back to the one. He tracked to the wall. Goodbye, baseball. Ken Griffey Sr. He hit his. He touched home plate, and he said, that's how you do it, son. And then I got 3-0. They gave me the green light. And, you know, as a young hitter, 20 years old, you really don't get the green light. Here's the pitch on the way, swinging a fly ball deep in the left field. Way back, going back. Goodbye, baseball. They do it. The Griffies with back-to-back home runs. And the story continues to get better and better and better. And I couldn't wait to get to the dugout. And he made sure I shook everybody's hand before I shook his. Mm-hmm. And, yep. Yeah. And then we sat down next to each other. He said, he hit me on the, on the leg. He said, you know what we did? Yeah, we went back-to-back home runs. Ken Griffey Jr., athlete. Hey, Nick, finish. This is a good bit for President Commercial. You know he's running for president, right? Two-two pitch to Junior. Swung on and belted deep to right field. Back is O'Leary to the track. Fly away, number 200 for Junior. Fastball that time belted deep to right field. Number 400 is on its way. And go. Hey, get it here, Junior. Well, all eyes are on this young man right now as he stands in. Griffey 0 for 2 tonight. And the first pitch from Banks is welcome. There it goes. See you later. Upper deck. Griffey has tied the major league record. Holy cow, the kid has done it. Home runs in eight consecutive games. There's nothing he couldn't do on a baseball field. And he did it so gracefully. A wonderful hitter. He could hit for average. He could hit for power. He could drive in runs. He could steal a base. He could score from first on a double good RBI guy and then at the same time you put him out there defensively and he was as good a center fielder as there was in baseball. He could go from left center to right center. He made a few plays out here that I still can't fathom how he made them. Slider swung on and a high fly ball hit into deep left center field. Back goes Griffey. He's back to the wall. Makes the leap and does he make the catch? He does! My oh my another Griffey as Ken Griffey Jr. takes a home run away from Jesse Barfield. That swing, that sweet, smooth swing. Played the game with the joy of a little leaguer. You know, he always had that infectious smile on his face. Everybody's wearing a backwards hat. It didn't just come from anywhere. I mean, it came from Ken Griffey Jr. doing it in uh, the All-Star games and home run derbies. Oh, oh. <laughs> holy cow. That's four and a half. That may have hit the warehouse, and they announced it did. It's really exciting. You know, it was Ken Griffey Jr. who actually initiated wearing uh, a player wearing number 42 on Jackie Robinson Day, and now they all do. And it's we love it. My family loves it. It's a great honor to my father. You have certain guys who who have changed the world, and, and he was one of them. You know, you look at the draft and where kids are coming from, and and 
you know, free agency from all over the world um, to get an opportunity to play baseball. And that would have never happened if he wouldn't have been as strong as he was to to not fight and do the things that uh, were necessary for, for everybody to basically reap the benefits of, of, of what he did. Everything became uh, very natural for him. His swing, his running, his ability to run uh, and, and catch a ball and throw. Uh, it's why, I guess, a long time ago when we played together in Seattle, he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, it was the natural. And this the final curtain call at the Kingdom for the Mariners. From the stretch, Garcia's 1-0 pitch is swung on, hit well to the center field. Griffey going back. He's at the track. He leaps, and he makes the catch! Holy cow, he got it! Oh, my! He got it! He took a home run away from Gonzalez. And side retired. One of the better catches by Griffin. Here's the pitch on the way to Junior. Swing and a drive deep to right field down the line. There it goes. Goodbye baseball. He did it. Holy smoke. Ken Griffey Jr. with a three-run homer. Mariners take the lead. Three to two over the Rangers. Number 377 for Junior. And there go the flashballs. The fans hoping to catch a little bit of the old-time religion right here, baby. With Junior stepping up to the plate, here comes the stretch. And the pitch to Junior on the way. Swing and a fly ball hit to deep right center field. That baby is going to be fly away. The old-time religion lives. Junior does it. A two-run home run. Right down on the knob of the bat, waving that black beauty right out toward Pavlik. Has it cocked, and Pavlik is set. The pitch on the way to Ken Griffey Jr., and it's swung on and belted! Deep to right field! Get out the right, Brett Grandma! It is Brett Salami time! I don't believe it! One swing of the bat, the first pitch, and Ken Griffey Jr. has given the Mariners a 6-2 lead over the Texas Rangers. The 2-2 pitch to Ken Griffey Jr. now from Dennis Cook. Here it comes, and it swung on and lined off the glove of the third baseman Ortiz. Here comes Strange. The Mariners win it back and forth. Oh, my. The Mariners are one game back of the California Angels. And the 0-1 pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez. Swung on and lined up. So I hope you enjoyed that. From media day yesterday, a couple of things uh, I thought were very interesting. Let's hear from Jerry Depoto, general manager, talking about this upcoming season. I look back at this offseason and feel like we talked about the idea of being more athletic in the outfield, and, and I believe we are. We, we talked about better uh, 
better acclimating or building a ball club to, to Safeco Field, and, and I believe that we've done that. We talked about building depth on a pitching staff, and you know, that may be you know, numbers one, two, and three in, the, in terms of what you want to do in any offseason. And, and I feel like we have addressed that need to, to the best degree that we could. And you know, whether it's the 12 guys that we'll break camp with in April or the 20-some-odd the pitchers that are likely to pitch for us in 2016, we feel very confident that, that going into the season we've created as much depth as we could. One of the, the ways that we have measured uh, controlling the strike zone is just simply looking at the walk-strikeout ratios. And, and uh, you know, the, the goal being to, to keep them as close to even as possible. Or in a perfect world, you turn into Edgar Martinez and you can flip the tables. Most of the players that we have, have brought on board do these things very well. And, and, you know, in a subtle way, we've changed the way the line of scrimmage works for us. And, you know, home plate in, in baseball is, is very similar to the line of scrimmage in football. We're going to control that line as best we can. Guys like Chris Iannetta and Adam Lind, uh, Boog Powell, who is yet to play in the big leagues, but he historically has done this very well. Nobody in the big leagues today does it any better than Nori Aoki. He draws a fair amount of walks. He doesn't strike out very much. He's, uh, he's the hardest player to strike out in baseball, fact. And, you know, if that, and, and over the course of time, that plays out. You know, it's a, it's, it's a leadoff skill. He's on base 34, 35% of the time. And, and history says he, he will do that. Uh, I'm not counting on getting the best year that Nori Aoki has ever had. We're not counting on having the best year that Chris Iannetta will ever have, nor Adam Lind or Robbie Cano or Nelson Cruz. But their skill sets suggest that they can do these things consistently. And if they, if they go out and perform to their skill set, like just the way they do, and they all do it in tandem, we, we, we should be able to string out a nine-man lineup that will always create traffic. And if we have traffic with Kyle Seeger and Robbie Cano and Nelson Cruz sitting in the middle of a lineup, we should score runs. I believe this club is as, as well suited as anybody to compete in the West. Uh, it's a tough division. You know, the Astros are, are coming back, and uh, it's a very gifted young team with high upside. The Rangers are the defending champs. Haven't made any significant offseason changes, but you know, it, the, the full season of Cole Hamels isn't going to hurt, and I'm sure at some point you Darvish will return. Obviously, I've got experience over the last handful of years with the Angels, and, and I know what they're capable of. Uh, particularly the, the guy that pulls the sled in center field, and, and never undersell the Oakland A's. Uh, I think they've got one of the, the smartest groups of, of people in the league from the dugout to the front office, and they wind up putting good products on the field more often than not. So you know, our goal is to go out there. We, we, we'll start the, the season with the idea that we're going to get into the mid-'80s. We built the, the roster to, with the idea to get into the mid-'80s. And if you can get in that 85-86 win zone and then let the chips fall where they may, uh, it's, if, it's amazing how frequently you're going to wind up winning a lot more games than that. Uh, but it's all going to be about the culture that we develop. And you know, we'll, we will make strategic mistakes we will make we will we will have injuries. Every team does, uh, but one thing we cannot do is we can't allow our culture to 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 rattle. And the players are going to know that we believe in them. They're gonna, we're going to put them in situations to succeed, and we're going to be genuine. And and I think we have a lot of talent. Like I said a moment ago, we have I think our starting pitching staff is as deep as anyone's in the division. But when you've got Robbie Cano and Nelson Cruz and Kyle Seeger and Felix Hernandez. There's there, there's some star value with that group, and you know we did uh, we did 
a fair amount of lifting to create a group around them that we feel like can, can support what they do. Uh, but I don't think we'll be defined by one player. I do think we'll be a 25-man unit. And when we look up in, in September, we want to be playing meaningful games with a chance to, to, to go play for a playoff spot. That's, that's the goal. And here's the skipper talking about this upcoming season. You know, the offseason um, has gone very fast. Um, you know, getting the opportunity to, to get this job and, and sit in this seat. You know, what I've been up to is, is basically connecting with our players, uh, talking to them uh, as many as I can. Uh, I made a trip to Dominican, uh, talked with a few of our guys down there. So trying to get a feel for where they're at and, you know, along the way, uh, give them an opportunity to, to get a feel for what I'm about. So uh, I like the versatility. I like the athleticism. Um, I, I think um, to win, you got to pitch. Uh, to have a good pitching, you got to defend. And we got a lot better there, I think, especially in our outfield defense. Um, so I'm excited about that. I think also we are going to play a high number of one-run games. I just believe it. In this ballpark, it's, it's hard to blow people out or, or get blown out. You're going to play tight games. So the ability to get on base and, and create consistent opportunities to score, and it's not just you bang a double off the wall and somebody gets a hit to drive them in, or you, you hit one out of the park. It's, it's a walk. It's a hit. We move a guy over. It's a sack fly. It's different ways to score. And the more athletic you are, the better chance you got of that happening. That's why I like the club. Between Jack Benoit, Steve Sishek, uh, you know, Charlie hopefully is healthy and good to go. Tony Zick, we like what we saw last year. I know the, the group that's, that's back. So... Uh, we've got power, we've got left-handed, you've got experience, you've got a side armor. There's options, you know. Um, as I've often said, you know, uh, rookie managers, and I'm in that category right now, <laughs> the thing that makes you look good is a really good bullpen. You know, those guys are going to be key for us, like you said, uh, in the one-run games, keep us there, uh, hold leads. Um, biggest thing, I guess, to instill confidence in them and give them the ball, you know. And uh, I think we're going to be just fine. I really do. It's going to be much different than what we've seen in other camps. Um, and there's a reason. We're trying to get a different result. I think if you want to get a different result, you've got to do something different. Um, and, and I know I, it's kind of a, a pet peeve of mine when I hear somebody say, well, we don't do that here. We've, always, we, we've never done that before. We do it this way. You've got to be open to change. Change is uncomfortable. You're just not used to it. But we're talking about changing the culture. You've got to do something different. Um, so we'll have a few more team, team meetings, get together as a group regularly, and, and that's not so much to talk a lot of baseball. It's to get to know each other. We have to create a family-type atmosphere around our team. And uh, to do that, you've got to get to know. And finally, here's trainer Rick Griffin talking about some of the updates, some of the injury updates heading into spring training. Jesus was injured about two weeks ago, actually about 10 days ago, down in Venezuela, sliding into second base, uh, suffered a fractured fibula and a severely sprained ankle. And we flew him up to see, here to Seattle and he had surgery uh, this week by Dr. Calfane, and he'll miss probably six months, unfortunately. And it's his right ankle. So that's unfortunate for him. He's uh, actually here right now doing uh, therapy and rehab, um, but he's, he's going to miss a minimum of six months. Uh, second one, I'm sure you want to know about Robinson. Uh, Robinson had uh, muscle core injury on both right and left sides. He had surgery by Dr. Myers. Uh, last year, um, and it went very, very well. He is down in the Dominican Republic working out, running, throwing. He's not having any issues, and uh, he'll be coming into spring training, and we'll monitor him uh, accordingly, but we don't anticipate any problems with that injury. I don't think too many people could have played through what he played through. 
he, he struggled uh, at times running, and some of his movement patterns were different, um, but he wanted to stay on the field and he wanted to play. And he was determined by the medical staff after consulting with various physicians that, that it would be okay for him to continue to play because we knew he was going to end up having the surgery. So uh, he, he, I mean, seriously, there's not too many people I think could have gone out there and played or would have gone out there and played uh, the way he did. Rick, one of your assistant coaches uh, went on the radio and said that Felix's ulnar collateral ligament is a 20% degraded and that it's an issue going forward. Is there any truth to that? And I mean, all pitchers obviously have some degradation to that. I, I don't know the exact percent. And what you just said is true. All, all pitchers, especially after they have 2,000 innings, and, and uh, I think that everybody's got some uh, damage in their ligament. But he's, he's not missed a start uh, because of his elbow the entire time that he's been here with us. So, you know, we're just, we do everything we can to keep him on the field, and we, we concentrate and focus on all different areas. So I don't know, uh, I don't know how the 20% came. Sashi Wakuma, the, the stuff with the Dodgers, the failed physical, or the questions with the physical, how comfortable are you after what you saw at the end of last season, your exit physical with him going forward? I'm 100%. I don't, I don't have any concerns, and neither does our orthopedist, our physician, or we wouldn't, we wouldn't have, you know, got him back. That, I don't know what happened there. I mean, I'm not going to speculate on what happened. I have no idea. But I'm glad that he's back here. Um, I know he's glad. We, we know his body, and we know him very well. We know what we need to do to try to keep him on the field. So, I mean, I think everything will be fine. And finally, I can't think of a better way to end. This is Dave Niehaus talking about his introduction to baseball. I hope you enjoy this. Do you remember uh, how you were introduced to baseball? Uh my hometown is a little town of about 7,000 people in southern Indiana, Princeton, Indiana. I was introduced to baseball, uh, I guess, uh, not Major League Baseball, but through school, uh, going to school, playing high school baseball, American Legion baseball. But I was introduced to big league baseball by listening to the radio, KMOX in St. Louis, for example, listening to Harry Carey. And it was before the days of television and it wasn't too long after I started listening to Harry Carey, I got hooked. And I listened to every Cardinal game uh, out on the porch, on the swing with uh, some lemonade, sometimes roasting ears with Dad, too. And he always seemed to be a big part of my baseball experience. And finally, he decided to take me to see a Major League Baseball game. Now, you can imagine when you listen game after game after game on the radio, what kind of an image you have. And I had these ballplayers put on such a high plateau, they were darn near gods. So we jumped in the car, and we drove uh, about to six, seven hours from Princeton, Indiana, to St. Louis, Missouri, to Old Sportsman's Park in St. Louis. It preceded Bush Stadium. And now, of course, this year, Bush Stadium, the old Bush Stadium is no longer, and the new Bush Stadium is enjoying its first year. And believe it or not, I didn't go to a Cardinal game. I went to a St. Louis Browns game and saw the St. Louis Browns and the New York Yankees. And the Browns were, uh, quite frankly, terrible during those years. But it just so happened that it was a Browns game, and I wanted to see the Yankees. And as they came out, I saw them come out of the dugout, and my dreams, quite frankly, were shattered because there they were in flesh and blood and I had put them on such a high plateau. I was, I'll, I'll tell you the truth, I was disappointed in the game. Not in the game, but in the ballplayers. Because, you know, it, it's almost ethereal to imagine, let the mind play games with you. 
And I, I, I got to be honest with you, I don't even remember who won the game. But I, I got in the car, and Dad and I drove back, and all we did was chat about the game and, and chat about the different ball players. And I went back home, and I think that's maybe when I grew up. You know, I quit having fantasy dreams. But I never did lose my love of the game of baseball, and I never have. And until I go to my grave, I never will. See you later!